1: Episode 47, May the 15th, 2012. The one when we were champions again. You are listening to This Is Atleti, the only podcast in English dedicated to Atletico Madrid. And in today's almost uh, season finale the episode, we're going to have a roundup of end of the season. And as usual, with me are my two co-hosts, Gareth Nunn and Derek Mayen from Holland. G- uh, Derek, how are you?
2: I'm great, uh, Ricky. Great to talk to you again. I think it has been um, well, what? What is this? Four, 14, 15 days.
1: Yeah, we. I'm going
2: to miss you guys, and I was wondering how I'm going to do it this entire <laughs> summer. But, uh, we, but it's great to be on again.
1: Yeah, we did. We did miss the, the last time we were supposed to get together. It was. It, it's. It's hard to to get to meet, but um, we're finally together, and and it's great to, to talk to you guys uh, once again. Gary, how are you doing? I'm
0: very good. And you guys, nobody being hit by plastic bullets or anything, no?
1: No, nothing. And and you're an absolute media star. Congratulations for your appearances on on, on Sky Sports Radio. Oh,
0: thank you very much. <laughs> you know, home is where the heart lies and this is, is Atleti's, my home. Is that
1: going to impact um, our salary negotiations for the next season?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> going to do a Falca, I want speak to my agent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really hope you don't share an agent with him because I'm in deep trouble then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, um, end of the season, and uh, we haven't been together for quite a quite a long time. Um, a lot has happened, but let's start by the end. Europa League champions, a uh, really long way. Mm, Gary, let me start by you. We, we got this excellent... Um, Roundup video uh, you shot at the um, at the stadium and at the training ground. Um, well, it's, you you have it fresh because you scripted all the material. It's been a really long way to get to Bucharest, and we succeeded at the end.
0: Yeah, it was incredible. I think uh, people talk about you know the moment when you we kind of realized that hey, we might actually do this. I think there was a moment where I actually thought, hey, we might even get you mean involved in a relegation battle. And I uh, do a little bit of self-promotion on the Sky Sports Radio, uh, La Liga Weekly. I did mention this, and I think not only me, but I think everybody else did. In that Albacete game in the Calderon, there was a moment where everybody thought, this is going to be what our season is. You know, this is going to define our season. Losing to Albacete at home, leaving the Copa del Rey to a third division side. And it's not. It's not what's defined our season. Yeah, it went, from,
1: like, it went from defining point to tipping point. Um, yeah. Surprisingly enough.
0: Exactly. That, you, could, you couldn't put it any better way, actually. Well, that's it. Exactly that. But, as you said, we were there for the Strumgood set uh, game back in June. It's amazing that back in July it's like nearly... Well, I think it worked at 11 months or 10 and a half months since we started the campaign. And there we were. I think... I think part
1: of the magic. He's been competing for ten months. Yeah. In fact, I, I was sorry. I was I was looking up uh, uh, some facts on on Adrian. He's been playing for mm, well. He's 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 the only player in the whole competition that has played every single Europa League um, uh, round match. That's 19 matches, half a season. Incredible.
0: Did Adrian play Stromgut, Yes, he yes. plays the second leg. He didn't play the first. No, no, he
1: played the, he played both legs. He's the only player that's, that's played every single match. It's it's um, via Info Atleti, as usual. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I don't think he would have played if uh, Costa, because I'm sure they would have rested him because of after coming back from the European Championship. But that just says a lot about the fellow. I mean, it's amazing. And this is part of the reasons why I think he really needs to break this summer rather than going to the Olympics or to the Euros. But that's just an amazing, amazing feast. Uh, Yeah, nobody would have thought, looking at that Strongwood SEC game, that this would end up at uh, Osinro in Bucharest and taking the title. And how we took the title was something completely amazing. It was really special. I think some of the magic wasn't the same as in 2010, but I think 2010 was 14 years, no title, constantly having to look at Real Madrid and Civelles, constantly having to look at Barcelona, constantly look at every other team winning stuff. And all of a sudden, we were the big boys again. And this year, it was the same. But this year, I think as well, we kind of were a little bit emotional because we played so well to get there. A lot of people are talking about Athletic Bilbao, saying like, oh, they bet Manchester United to get there. But uh, mm-hmm. Athletic's uh, path to the final was by no means easy. Uh, we played Lazio, and they're no, no small team. Our group was one of the toughest. It was a Champions League uh, group, as Neil Lennon said in the first game in the Calderon against Celtic, uh, we had Lazio, we had Hanover, who hadn't lost away or at home all season, denying uh, Bayern Munich, I mean Dortmund, two huge giants of European football, uh, and Bayern Munich are playing in the Champions League final. If you need that, that point proven, uh, we played the sickness Okay, they're not the great great team, but they've got a strong atmosphere we went over there and we won we knocked out valencia uh it's quite incredible yes the athletic had one big big or two big matches but after and they had paris as well but i think if you add up everything
1: i think we did quite well yeah and and, and in fact when when i was going through your video um and 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 you were uh recapping on all the all the players that had scored we got some really funny game, names in there um we got uh, goals scored by, of course, Reyes. Elias scored uh, two goals, and he he um he got us uh, through in, on on the. Um, I think it was a v- Victoria tie, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, he scored the two goals in the Calderon, and mm-hmm. then we went to Victoria and we won four 0 Mhm. Yeah, yeah. But I think what was so
2: amazing about this Europa League win as well, when I compare it to two years ago, I think that final in Hamburg. That was all about the emotions. I mean, already finally winning again. Um, and this time, I think this run, it made us more proud than, than it brought up emotions this time, because we actually beat all those teams. We were on a 12 game winning run. And I think that more than anyone, uh, we actually deserve to win this year's title. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is a bit different to compared to the title from two years ago. But this is
1: and- this is a, this is probably it. Um, the the final match was probably the two best teams in the competition because we got Alleti Bilbao beating really hard sides and um, really competitive uh, squads. Uh, probably some of uh, Europe's uh, top uh, squads, like for example Manchester United, which is probably the the most uh, famous tie from um Atletico Ibao's, uh run uh, to the final and but on the other hand we got um, Atletico's incredible streak of uh, 12 consecutive wins which is uh, which is an incredible and a record-setting figure plus Simeone who won every single match um as as coach uh, during his uh, Europa League uh, competition. So-
2: Personally, I felt, and I'm not sure how you guys experienced this in Spain, but uh, <clears throat> from English media and media here back in Holland, I got the impression that most people were talking about Atletico Bilbao, and well, rightly so, because they beat um, some great teams, but it almost seemed that nobody was really paying attention to Atleti, which made me all the more proud when we actually um, swept them 3-0. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, not,
1: I'm
2: not sure if uh, how that was brought up in Spanish media, if there were actually if there were any underdogs, or if the attention was on one team more than on the other.
1: Well, when 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 we talked about it in this in the Spanish um, uh, podcast in Estos Aleti, I was I was probably the only one that that saw Aleti in being an advantage at Al, Atletico de Madrid. Um, but that that's something that wasn't very commented on on Spanish media. The truth is that they, they've always been um, they were always given a fifty fifty. Um, chance uh, of of winning the title, but I always had the feeling that we had more experienced players, we had players that had won titles, and besides Javi Martinez and, and Llorente, that's pretty much um, all the players that Aledee Bilbao has that, that are really top flight players and, and are, are prepared for competing in any single competition. You, you, you have a lot of young talented players, but mostly unexperienced.
0: I think as well we I did this in a preview for another site. We were talking about uh, Atletico not having a break and constantly using the same players as Atletico were able to rest players and give them uh, a rest and some time out of the game, some time away, and this can have two effects. You have the effect with Atletico that they could have gone into the tie and they could keep the momentum going. They were all on a high. They knew what they had to do. They knew it was two games and then it was holidays. And they go into the final really pumped up, really ready for it. Or on the other side of the coin, they would have gone in completely knackered, completely tired and not being able to perform on the pitch. The thing then you have on Athletic side is that the rest will be good, the players will be prepared, better mentally prepared, mentally rested, or they could go and face an Atletico side that were completely up for it, really pumped, and they hadn't, They needed a little bit of time to get into the game. And that's what we saw. Atletico needed time to get into the game. Atletico went for the juggler at the very, very start. I think mm-hmm. it's
2: one thing that I really um, liked about Simeone's tactics and I think that was actually a decision by Simeone was to actually um, start aggressively um, because well so so many times we've seen this second half of the season where Atletico <laughs> would usually um, sit back in the first half and then really go at it in a second. Um, this time around we started ferociously and we actually created two chances within the first five minutes and then Falcao scored in the what was it the tenth minute I think. Mm-hmm. And, I think it was a great tactic, because you know that if you're going to let uh, Atletico have the ball, that you're going to be in trouble, because they're arguably the better passing team. Um, but now, instead, we got an early goal. We were allowed to sit back and hit him on the counter, and I think it worked out perfectly for us.
1: And Well, I, I think that uh, it is worth mentioning the, the double defensive line that Atletico had, and and how both, um, both uh, centre-back and full-back were um constantly on top of Llorente and and um the, the midfield uh, defensively was was very close to the, the defense and I, I think especially um it's worth mentioning the incredible match that Gabi and, and Mario uh played. I, I think it's probably Mario's best match as Atlético de Madrid player and it was really uh lucky to to for that match to be the Europa League final match. I don't know if you guys agree there.
2: Absolutely, and sorry, Gareth. Absolutely, and it wasn't just um, when we weren't in possession, but in possession as well. I think Mario and Gabi both made the correct decisions. They distributed the ball very well, and I think the two of them and the two center backs as well—they really were the unsung heroes of of this final because they were simply amazing. They intercepted so many so many balls, and they completely shut down um, Atletique down the center um, and on the on the wings as well.
0: Mario has been winning a lot of praise in England to the fact that with a lot of uh, papers and uh, other media, he won the man of the match. And people have been ranting and raving about him. And apparently as well, some English clubs are interested in buying him. And I'm wondering that if they did a decent offer, should we consider selling him, considering that it's he only plays four or five decent games a season? Or is this the start of something good for Mario? Are we going to see this player that Elias described as knocking on the Spanish national team's door. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that interview that he did, Elias did, when was it? I think it was about 14 months ago Mm -hmm. in the Force Atletico magazine where basically he described uh, Mario as one fantastic player on Spain's uh, practically getting into the national team in a few months. Uh, He described Raul Garcia as one of the best uh, players that he's ever worked with. I think when we actually said that, a lot of us giggled and laughed thinking what did he know i think we elias has been proven right with raul garcia plata as, as this year but uh, i think that's something we'll talk about on another show <laughs> but I, I this thing that's it's great i'm delighted with one but looking at the players receiving the trophy looking at them parading on the bus is it me or maybe i'm the only one but i'm i'm just got this thing in my head going how many of them will be there in 12 months
1: yeah the, it's uh, the same feeling we had um in 2010 um, maybe if we were inexperienced we would have the feeling that um this is the beginning of a of a bigger Atletico of of of, of the construction of of a team for a decade but we know from 2010 that not a single player started um, at Bucharest. I, th- I think there's
2: one difference though that the team from Bucharest had some other players on it um this time around i think when you look um, at the ages only, I think that we're in a, a slightly better position. Yeah, but um, although there are still so many doubts surrounding. On, on the negative the side, um,
1: maybe three or four of the starters aren't even our players. <laughs> They're just um, players on loan or players that we only um, own partially because um, they beco- they they belong to a fund besides um, belonging to Atlético. So I don't know. Um, I, I'm I'm sort of worried with with how the summer will go and i think that Falcao and Diego are are two two players to that that can um decide the output of the rest of the of the team if atletico is able to retain one or or both uh, of these in my opinion crucial players um it will be the beginning of building a better atletico because i think that this squad this player list is much stronger than the one we had in 2010 much much stronger wonder.
2: There's one difference, and it's it's a bit of an awkward situation to be in that the when we lost our key players in these last season, then it was usually because the players wanted to leave and this time around you have a group and a squad of players that I think that all want to be here um, but this time it's mostly out of our hands because, as you mentioned, some players are unknown um others are owned by investment funds and mm-hmm. There's no telling who we actually do own and who we can manage to keep around, which is a huge shame considering that um, I really believe that all these players would love to continue, even if we missed out on Champions League football.
1: Okay. Um, Derek, maybe you would like to give us your view on, before we move on and, and talk about La Liga, which which is um, full of, of Atletico-related news, um, maybe you would want to talk about uh, your experience at you were This is Atleti's representation. And I think you had
2: a grand time there. Absolutely. That's just an, an, an understatement. I mean, we, we, um, we came, we saw we conquered, and it was a fantastic experience. Um, I only uh, managed to get go, um, to visit on Wednesday and Thursday, but um, I hung out with so many Atletico fans. Um, at the fan zone, it was just one big fest. Um, I met some guys from the German Pena, from the Belgian Pena, from the Dutch Pena. Um, and from Sweden Spain, as well was great meeting Joakim for example mm-hmm. um, and well I think this couldn't have been any better um, as I mentioned the fan zone was fantastic um, the the travel in the bus to the stadium was fantastic and the experience at the stadium of course was um, well indescribable I think um, you were you're there yourself Ricky two years ago mm-hmm. and this was just as amazing even if it was a completely different game it was um, well, I can hardly put it in words, but um, it's a shame you guys weren't there because I would have loved to uh, to have party with yeah, you.
1: Yeah, I think you know, the uh, the emotional part is is so much inside the the stadium as outside. Uh, getting to the stadium, um, walking out of the stadium after after you you've won a trophy, it's an incredible feeling, and Absolutely. it's, a, it's and- something that everyone ha- should be able to live at least once in their life.
2: Absolutely. And for example, I know that the last time a lot of Spaniards um, had problems flying back to Madrid. But yeah. even then, um, if you have to hang out with thousands of fans on an airport, I mean, as as boring as it is to wait for a plane, it's just amazing to hang out with so many people that you've just shared uh, such a big moment with. Um, I, think,
0: I think, sorry, I just want to put in, I mentioned uh, a couple of hundred people that flew to Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> That's it.
1: They were they were Atlantical fans Atletico
0: with. Madrid fans did it too, no? <laughs> really? I th- I heard that both sets of fans did it. It's <laughs> it's there where really I mean it's for those type of people we have. Are you sure you want to buy this flight now? Are you definitely sure you want to buy the flight? You do know where you're going, no? You do uh You, you are spending six
1: hundred Euros. <laughs> <should> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure there were some people in Bucharest, or Budapest going, what the fuck is happening here? Well, this uh, is really but, quiet.
1: <laughs>
2: and there's some good news, guys, because, um, as you know, we missed out on Champions League, but we did manage to qualify for next season's Europa League. And it just so happens to be hosted in Amsterdam. So um, I guess wow. I'll be welcoming you next year here in Holland.
1: Yeah, we're not paying for a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your mom we're coming over. <laughs> um, well, be, be, before we get to Amsterdam, um, what I'm really looking forward to, and I really hope I, I have the chance to to attend, is the the the, the Monaco uh, final in, in summer, which will be the day after my birthday, and and will be on a Saturday, which is much more convenient for traveling. So, well, um, looking forward.
0: A Saturday to- is it definitely
1: Saturday? Generally, it's a Friday. Is it? Yeah, oh. generally they put on a Friday. I don't give yes, a damn. I'll go anywhere,
2: anyway. I believe usually the the Super Cup would be on a Friday, and then we play the first league game on Monday. I mean, at least it was that um, situation. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: true, true, true. Yeah, you're, you're probably right there. I'll go anyway. <laughs> it's gonna be my birthday gift. Uh, I actually
2: checked Ricky, and I think I believe that it is on a Friday. It's the 31st of August, if I'm right.
1: It's the 31st which, of August for sure.
2: Yeah, which happens to be a Friday.
1: Okay, well then I I was wrong there and uh, and well I'll 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 tell my wife I'll be away, Ricky <laughs> since, on tour from from <laughs> Thursday to Sunday. No, it takes a long time to get back from Monaco. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, um, who are you? Um, who would you uh prefer to have at the uh, at the um, uh, Super Cup final? Would you prefer Bayern Munich or would you prefer uh, Chelsea? D- Gary. Bayern Munich.
0: Bayern Munich, I fucking hate Chelsea. <laughs> I, I well, be... we just lost all, all our Chelsea fans. <laughs> uh, I, 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 before Chelsea fans get upset, I'm an Arsenal fan, so you can understand. <laughs> you mean, our club has 125 years of history and Chelsea have 10. Uh, oh. <laughs> Okay, you're really fixing it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, all those Chelsea fans that are thinking about leaving, don't worry. You've got the Stoke fans that we love as well. (laughs)
2: I'll I'll be rooting for Bayern Munich in the final simply because I think they have an amazing team. But I would actually prefer to play Chelsea in the Super Cup because I think that our chances of winning it uh, in that situation are uh, much bigger. Well,
1: I think...
2: It would be nice to play against Torres if he if he's still there.
1: I, I, I have play with to play. Torres
0: and against Falcao.
1: Well, I myself have mixed feelings because on on one side I I would prefer to uh, face Chelsea if Fernando Torres is there to to win him like we did uh, two years ago when when while he was at Liverpool, um, and I think we should we should establish that that tradition of um, winning. Torres' side every two seasons until he comes back
2: <laughs> there's, there's one thing um funny thing to add to that that um we have to wonder who Torres will be ch- uh, celebrating for if we win it well
1: you, because, you uh, it he came
2: out on, on the radio and saw that he actually preferred to see a win um, over seeing his own team win
0: yeah. I think what would actually be funny, and I think this is what we should do is if we do if Torres happens to be at Chelsea and we do end up playing Chelsea and we beat Chelsea. Every fan put 50 euro into an envelope. We buy Torres and send them to Real Madrid and play, put them in the Real Madrid team and see if we can finally beat them in a derby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but on the other hand, and, and, and I'm going to talk about my mixed uh, feelings here, I, I would love to uh, beat uh, Bayern Munich uh, to get revenge for 1974. Uh, the uh, yeah. European Cup final that we we lost against them. Um, well, moving on, guys. Uh, Villarreal, we really did it. Mm, we're not getting Ravi on the show again, I think I presume.
0: I feel really bad about the Villarreal game. I have to say, I think it is a bit insulting that it was us that relegated them. Okay, I know there's other things that play into it, and I mentioned that in my Forza football article yesterday. But... Uh, it has to be very insulting to any Villarreal fan and any Villarreal player that a club that owe over 300, uh, 400 million euro pat you on the back and say, hard luck, chum, and you have played it straight for every year you've been in La Liga. And that it is a little bit disappointing that it was us that did it. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, and it wasn't just the Atletico game they lost. There was other games they lost. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, well, it's like, it's like blaming Real Sociedad for not playing Champions League. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think
0: the funny fact of the night was, in one night, Lotina managed to relegate three teams. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but it's... You know, in, in, how can you hire a manager that has relegated three teams before and now he's relegated six because not only did he relegate Villarreal, Villarreal B went down because of it because they couldn't be in the second division with Villarreal A and Villarreal C got relegated too.
1: That's incredible.
2: It's awful. Personally, I would have preferred to see Zaragoza go down. I'm not very fond of Zaragoza and I would have preferred to um, keep Villarreal and Real both in La Liga. I don't
1: know if... It wasn't to be. I don't know if all the um the the ripple effects of, of what happens on the La Liga n- not so important teams um reaches Haaland for example Derek but here um there are there's a lot of mumbling about the way Zaragoza has managed to um avoid relegation there are quite a few suspicions about um how many how many I, I, I matches I, I, have, I think i i think they've set a record of how many matches they've won in the last uh, 5 minutes but on one side i i think it's really complicated to to uh pull off something like uh convincing other teams to um lose a match but on 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 the other hand there have been cases in the past that n- never get punished and i guess when you don't punish uh something it just keeps happening after after um, um, well, on the next occasion that um, that type of uh, situation occurs again,
2: I don't I believe think. in the in any suspicions on a larger scheme. Like for example, Saragossa won a game against Atleti in the what was it the added time, which um, well I, I can say with certainty that we didn't give up the game. But I do think that this final game against Getafe was it. It did seem a bit well, just controversial. Let's give it at that because I believe. Um, Getafe got two um, Red cards Which seemed a bit soft Mm -hmm. Um, So there are always doubts And especially with Zaragoza That um, It's a bit of a I'm not sure how to put it But it's a club that I'm not very keen on Let's just keep it at that And um, as I said I would have preferred To to see Villarreal in La Liga next season
1: And um, adding to the Villarreal situation um, Gary you yourself were for professional reasons at Vallecas and th- 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 something really strange happened there as well
0: no it wasn't strange the goal was offside <laughs> the goal was offside but it, Sandoval came it, out did, see doing...
1: the, did you see the footage of Sandoval when Atletico scored? he walking to Abel and saying come on we have to score you guys a goal um, uh, Villarreal is already relegated he yeah a chance. whoa
0: Uh, That kind of thing happens. I know that uh, Granada... Well, Granada and Rayo came up together. I mean, they have a great atmosphere. They both wanted to... I mean, everybody... They were both up for wanting to stay up, even to the point when Villarreal or Atletico scored, the Granada press behind me were actually urging Rayo on to score. Uh, I think they preferred, you know, Rayo, a team that they've played a couple of times, to go up with them and stay up with them Mm -hmm. than Villarreal. The thing is... uh, it was amazing, that goal. Uh, I have never in my life experienced anything like what that happened. We talk about uh, cup success and all, and we talk about winning a cup. But that was just, it was just amazing, uh, fighting for your life. And they did it in the last minute. And Raúl Tamudo of all the people, you could see Diego Costa's face, how much it meant for him, because it was a personal challenge for him to come back from such a you know difficult injury and he gave it everything he gave it a hundred percent And a lot of people have criticized Diego Costa his way of playing his way of being a character in all fairness look everybody has their own style of playing he doesn't go out and deliberately tackle people and try to injure people like um, let me cut
1: you off there because we'll get back to Diego Costa in 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 a while um but um I did want to mention, um, before we, we moved on from the Villarreal match, I was especially surprised to see Atletico mm, be so professional and and um, get away with that important victory and finally do their homework. I mean, they didn't qualify, but they did their part. And I think that's that's something that the merit is totally um, Simeones. Aren't you
2: sure I... we did our part, Ricky? Because... I got a feeling that we got away with the win quite mm-hmm. fortunately because um, except for two or three chances in um, in just a minute, somewhere in the second half, um, aside from that, we didn't create a lot of opportunities. And I'm not sure if we merited the win because mm-hmm. especially in the first half, the year, we were pushing for it harder and we only managed to get a goal in the 89 or 88 minute. Um, I'm not sure if we really performed up to our game plan. Because I'm sad to
1: say that um, Villarreal played with fire and got burnt. Um, they, they were facing uh, players that had not their full motivation because when you come back from uh, Europa League celebration, well, um, it's impossible to be fully motivated um, and to be fully focused on, on, on a La Liga match and being the final match and all that. I, I now understand um even better than I did in the moment why they they held the celebration right after winning the um, the Europa League tournament it would have been um, it wouldn't have been so excited to to celebrate the Europa League title um, after not qualifying for for Champions League don't you think Gary and and um uh, on top of that they had to fly to Colombia so so it was it was a double situation uh for celebrating the Europa League right when they came back. I, I remember we we crossed a couple of tweets about disagreeing on whether it was convenient or not to celebrate on a Thursday.
0: I think they should have still postponed it till Monday still. I know we won and all that, but I still think we should have postponed it. Until Monday, But the reason we didn't was because of the Colombia trip. Yeah, it was impossible And to... that kind of speaks about the objectives that some people <laughs> at the club have. Collecting uh, money. I think Derek's really hit the nail on the head there that uh, the Ariel didn't, uh, didn't take their opportunities. And Atletico let it go. Uh, I watched a game, a uh, recorded version of the game. And Flo made a very, very good point saying that we tend to pass the ball around a lot we tried to break, and then we let them go back and defend. And then we just crossed the ball from outside because we can't get back into the box. And it was true. Uh, we only had four shots on target out of nine. Okay, Villarreal only had one shot on four. I think the thing that we did correct on Sunday night was our defence. And it, we played very well in the defence. I thought it was very interesting substitution with one friend from Mario. I mm-hmm. thought that was quite strange. Uh, Joey Kim pointed that out as well, that uh, it was very brave considering that really we had nothing to lose well not nothing to lose that uh what why would you try that when there was nothing really to play for what did, what
1: did they do with the defense after that substitution
0: i think they play it wasn't a three five two 5 2 or something they tried to mm-hmm. move into or something like that
1: remember the last time manzano tried that wasn't that against barcelona uh, the first oh. the first round mm-hmm. Did he try that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he tried a three-player defense. I don't know um, yeah. which three players he No,
0: no, no, played. that wasn't Barcelona wasn't because Barcelona and Lopez played. There was a game in the Calderon, wasn't there? There game in yes. the Calderon he tried something like that and it didn't pan out. That's it. Uh you got to try these things, and I suppose it was possibly the perfect moment to
1: try it. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm really surprised. I don't know if you have that feeling um, after after watching Bucarest, after watching Villarreal, uh, Villarreal's match. The 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 um, numerous uh, tactical display that Simone has, he has quite a playbook.
0: Yeah, he seems to. <clears throat> we've said this before that he does his prep. He has lots of work uh, himself and uh, Herman Burgos. They do a lot of work together. Um, have, well, you
1: you did see the the recorded match. Um, did you see when when they had like a flip chart with um, magnetic um, like. Uh, Players and and they would move them around to uh, think of solutions to
0: yeah they have that every game that's uh, even in training they have that uh, Simeone and Roman Burgos they're sitting down all the time with those uh, charts and papers and uh, whiteboards speaking to the players moving around and it, I have been told that Manzano did the exact same he just didn't do it on the training pitch and we didn't see him do it but. It's uh, it's all good, Jimmy. I,
1: I think there's a lot of influence. I I, I know that before um, Simeone um, was appointed uh, coach uh, at at Racing, Davianeda uh, this last time, um, he 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 did a tour around Spain and he was very influenced by by especially by Jose Mourinho and and Jose Guardiola, and and I can see some of. Of Mourinho's um, way of of coaching the team in in some things that Simeone does, and and those and there are things by the way that I like uh, uh, from Mourinho. I don't know if you guys agree there.
2: Well, I think that aside from his personality, Mourinho is arguably the best coach in the world. So there's definitely a lot to learn from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I can actually see a resemblance in Simeone, but I do agree with you fully that. Um, that he's done well, as I mentioned, I was very happy with his um, approach and his tactics in the Europa League final, and I think that, well, uh, although, that said, I don't think that the biggest change that Simeon has brought is tactically. I think the the biggest influence he's had on the players has been mentally and in their professional approach to games, and um, I'm I'm just happy that some well, we finally found a coach that has actually taken care of that, because We've all uh, agreed on previous episodes that that has been Atletico's um, weakest point. And I'm glad that he's addressing to it. And he's, he's actually um, improving as a coach. And if he is um, using a tactical playbook, then that's all the better because then he's showing um, what a talented coach he, he is. Back to um, what, a coach
1: what you were saying, Derek, um, you said that Atletico probably didn't merit the, the victory. There were 10 starters from Bucharest. Mm, I, I think that mm, it's, it's uh, quite reasonable that, that they didn't display their their best football. And, and I, I still think that Atletico dominated most of the match, most of the second half at least.
2: In the second half, yes, but um, I, I did wonder throughout the game that if we really were pursuing the win, because um, in stretches of the second half, we actually attacked the goal, and I thought Salvio had a very good game. Um but for large part, I was also wondering if we were satisfied with a draw and if we were maybe um, trying to help Villarreal stay in La Liga in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, we, weren't really, we didn't seem to be entirely up-to-date of the score in Malaga, which was only 1-0, and um, a single goal by Sporting could have seen us in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And it would have been such a huge shame if Sporting actually had gone on a draw, and we would have failed to score in the 88th uh, minute. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so um, moving on, um, let's let's get going with with the two other topics we wanted to talk about before we wrap up this episode. We're going to try to have a, a final episode where we're going to go through the biggest highlights of the season, um, a sort of awards of the season episode type of episode. Um, but I think it's time to talk about the players. Uh, Gary, I want to get back to you. Because um, uh, we've been we we were talking about Diego Costa before. Uh, Joel and Pulido have gone to Colombia with the team, which is um, something that surprised me, in fact. And but Diego Costa didn't. I don't know if you you have any thoughts about um, that particular issue and about um, a general overlook of um, uh, what you can see happening with um, with um, Atletico de Madrid player list.
0: Well, as far as I know, Diego Costa didn't go because Diego Costa
1: remained with
0: uh, Rayo and uh, was partying for the weekend. Although I think uh, they couldn't fight
1: him; they called his mobile phone, but <laughs>
0: that's, I think Joey Kim—I think it was Joey Kim—said that to me that maybe he's lost his mobile phone. Uh, it, it's possible. Uh, I don't know. As we've spoken, the problem with Diego Costa is his passport. I know he's trying to fix it. And if he could get a fix, I think he could come back to Atletico. I think he's shown what he can do. I think he was a very interesting player uh for Rayo. He showed that he's, you know, not just a striker, he's a fighter. He's uh he he has struggled a lot this season, personally, mentally, and he's overcome that. And I think that was one of the reasons why there was he was crying because on Sunday he was in bits, he was in tears. They actually stripped him down to his boxer shorts on the pitch. And he was just in bits. He just couldn't believe it. And I think he's a player that will probably maybe come back to Atletico. I think Polito, uh, and Joe were shown for exactly what they were. At Rio, inexperienced players. And uh, they need experience. And they're not going to get at Atleti. They're not going to get the games they need. Especially Joel as a keeper. There's no going to be, unless Asenko and Courtois get injured, he's not going to get in. So I think he needs another loan deal, and the problem was he did make a few errors at Rayo, but maybe if he can get a preseason with Rayo and convince Sandoval, it would be another good well, deal.
1: from. I'm pretty sure Sandoval isn't continuing.
0: Mm, it depends. There's a lot of rumours uh, that they are going to offer him a contract. Another offer is that uh, Abel has been offered the Rayo job I have no idea. Uh, I think the fans would be very, very upset if Sandoval goes because they went and they dragged him onto the pitch on Sunday night and they bounced him practically right across
1: the pitch and up the pitch. I, I he, can I, uh, pretty hefty fans they have there <laughs> to to bounce Sandoval up and down. That is <laughs> quite exactly,
0: a <laughs> That is incredible. Exactly, it's, uh, it's seeing is believing. I have <laughs> to say because if somebody had told me, I would have said something like, "No way." But
1: uh, yeah, uh, uh, I can see a b- being appointed.
0: I don't know because would I bet because Granada is financially secure. It's um, I mean a lot of people say I know maybe going to Rayo might be well it might be a step up, but it's also Granada have got a good stadium, they've got a good support, they're financially stable, and would you really go to the madness that is Rayo Uh, some managers now know that certain clubs aren't going to pay them. They also know that there's certain restrictions. Uh, I've been told by a very, very good source that Luis Garcia of Etafe was offered a Valencia job, but he turned it down because he knew that he was going to be guaranteed at Etafe every month his salary at Valencia. He didn't know that. So, I mean, I don't know if Abel would do it. Maybe he would prefer to come back to Madrid. That's the only thing I can think would be a reason he does it. Uh, Raul Garcia... That would be interesting. Will Simeone take him back? I think he's the type of player that would do well under Simeone. Uh, If he was to come back and Simeone was to tell the fans to get behind him and he was to reproduce his Osasuna form, I think then we've got a good, decent midfielder. Uh, The rest of the players, really, uh, Ruben, Mikel, I don't know. I think maybe it would be interesting to see what he's made of. Uh, I think Falcao's gone, to be honest. I think Diego, a lot depends on whether the club can reach an agreement with his agent. Personally, I would sign Diego Lopez over Courtois because Courtois is a fantastic keeper, brilliant keeper, but he's only on another year's deal. I think Diego Lopez is something for the
1: future. Diego Lopez is going to be Real goalkeeper? Yes. How, how many Madridistas do you two guys want to bring aboard? Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to sign Madridista. Every I want every, sign every
1: time every time you you talk about players, you're talking about Madridista players. Sorry, I don't care. It doesn't
0: matter. If it doesn't matter if they're Madridista. What I do. Is- yeah, well, that's because you're sad. There's a certain
1: <laughs> quota, and <Probably>
0: not. <laughs> it doesn't matter who they played for. It matters who they play for now, and that's the thing. Uh, Diego Lopez is a fantastic keeper. So I think it was uh, a good friend of esto was Atleti Jorge. Almost is it? Almost, Almost. yes. Said so, uh, and you couldn't put it any better. The Deportivo team in 1999 were a fantastic team, but they became brilliant when they took three players from Atletico Madrid: Molina, Valeron and Captivella. This Absolutely, is yeah. this is yeah. Atletico's moment as well. Maybe to go to Real and come from a very very good team and get some players like I know Derek. I think is a fan of Bruno. Borja, Valera, uh, Diego, and Lopez. And maybe I would even think of taking a risk. I would say,
1: say Rossi. Yeah, Rosie, Rosie. <laughs> and, 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 and our experience says it works if you're patient because Felipe Luis came back uh, with half his ankle fixed and it's starting to finally melt together and uh, Felipe Luis is is coming back. He's um He's starting to play... Uh, the same incredible matches we we saw at Deportivo La Coruña. think.
2: Let me get get back to the um, lone players that were taken to Colombia, guys, because the only explanation I can think of that um, Joel and Pulido are there is maybe because they actually trained and played with the team this season, while others have been away all um, all year. Um, And Diego Costa, of course, missed the first half of the season. But um, I do think that this entire situation gives a sign to the players that aren't there um, as if they're not counted upon. Um, I do think it's very curious because some players, like, as someone brought up uh, Ruben Perez tonight, um, what, what does he have to think of when he does see guys like Joel and Pudido traveling with the team? While well, he knows that he's going to return to Atletico this summer and there's probably no place for him. The same goes Yeah, for...
0: but I think Ruben Perez was involved with <clears throat> Dafe, These loan deals last. Up until the thirtieth of June. I believe that Rayo had made a request, or they had made a request with Rayo to bring Corque and to bring Joel with them. The problem was Hitafe were due to go to Venezuela uh, tomorrow and at got cancelled at the last minute because a lot of the players did not want to go because they said that they felt uncomfortable, so it was cancelled. I think also uh, Venezuela couldn't provide opposition teams or something as well. There was a lot of strange stuff going on there. I mean, I'm very, very surprised because, you know, Venezuela is such a straight and direct country. (laughs) We uh, just lost
1: all our Venezuela fans as well. (laughs) <laughs> you're really doing it today Gary <laughs> I, I'm sure
2: that if we had, would have made a request to Getafe to release Ruben Perez then they would have done so and the same goes for Hugo Garcia yes, Ruben Piquel, uh, all those players on loan I, and
1: I, I, can, I can imagine as happens every season at least half of the players are going to be salvaged they're going to try to recoup it as much um, money as possible from them but uh, I, I can't see Atletico Madrid seriously interested in 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 Ruben Perez, I think he's he belongs to the um, Fran Merida pack. And I
0: agree. Although
2: there's an outside chance that if Pablo Ancosau were to leave, then maybe he could come in as a backup, but I doubt it. I'm I can back
1: see to Fran, Fran Fran
0: Merida.
1: I, I was going to I was going to go through the play, player list before we 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 wrap up. So um, if you want, guys, so we don't extend more, um, let's go through line by line. And you just um, give me quick bullets of what you think is happening, um, Gary. You said before Courtois, Asenjo. I would probably you said you would probably risk bringing Diego Lopez on and keeping Asenjo or or keeping Courtois.
0: Keeping Asenjo.
1: Keeping Asenjo. What's yes. what's your bet, uh, Gary? I mean Derek.
2: Um, I'm sure that we will and we should um, keep Courtois because uh, reportedly we're only paying half a million for him. For another season, that's a great deal, and we won't have to spend the transfer fee on another keeper. So I'm Mm -hmm. taking that. I
1: I, I agree that we should keep both both goalkeepers. I'm slightly worried about um, Asenjo's uh, future, but there have been cases of goalkeepers waiting for quite a few seasons, like, for example, Canizares, and afterwards having a a very successful career. So I think Asenjo can wait for his chance um, uh, during the following season. About the defensive line, we have Corin, Silvio Miranda, Antonio López, Domínguez, Felipe Luis, and Perea. I think uh, things are pretty straightforward here. It's um, We've uh, lacked um, a second uh, left back uh, where, uh, with Antonio López being injured. We've had the same problem on the right with Silvio being injured most of the um, of, of the season. I can see, and and plus Perea uh, leaving as well as Antonio Lopez uh, both captains uh, because they, their contract uh, uh, ends at the end of the of uh, of June I think um i can see um the club looking for a replacement for Perea, looking for a replacement for antonio lopez and i think there's a possibility that depending on what silvio does during the euro they might even look for a replacement for silvio
2: um silvio wasn't called up for the portugal squad so he won't be going to the euros um and although Silvio can play on both positions, I agree that we really do need another uh, wing-back. And um, speaking of the centre-back situation, I think Pulido needs another year on loan. And it seems um, pretty concrete that Atletico are interested in Alberto Boscia from Sporting Gijon. Yeah, but, but and the, I think uh, only Barcelona are in the way of a deal there. But,
1: but uh, Yeah, only Barcelona can block because they have, they have like a... Uh, pre- preference option over yeah. over Botia. Um one of the rumors was that uh, Botia would uh, be involved in in an Adrian move to Barcelona. Um Gary, your your opinion on the defense?
0: I think we could see I we're going to see one of the three center backs go. In Godín, Miranda or Dominguez what? and I think it might be Dominguez because uh, Dominguez wants to play and I don't think he wants to be second fiddle anymore. He hasn't managed to stamp or create a permanent place in the team. He's had four different coaches now and I think he might be thinking of moving on.
1: He's going to move to first captain. Do you really think he's going to want to move?
0: First captain but playing on the bench? Uh,
1: I I can see him fight for for a spot.
0: I don't know. if I think Simeone is very confident in Miranda and uh, Diego Badini. Uh unless Simeone can convince him to stay and he's going to give him a chance, a proper chance, because I don't think he has been given uh, a good, clear run in the team. But I think that maybe uh, Dominguez is considering his future. I would believe he is.
1: Mm-hmm. And what about the rest? Um, can you see Silvio moving um, from the squad
0: I think he could. I think we could see maybe Silvio going. Uh, it, it's uh, everything with this type of transfer. There's always a lot get, of ifs Yeah, and I buts. get this
1: feeling um, with Silvio that, that we, we that, that I maybe got with Haitinga that we didn't see the best Haitinga uh, play for Atletico Madrid, and, and when he was um, finally going to have a second, uh, proper season, he moved on to Everton.
0: I, I've watched a good bit of Everton this season, and you're looking at Haitinga, and you're just thinking. We missed out big time on him. We should have kept him. No, no, um, that
1: wasn't, that wasn't um, Atletico's move. It was Heitinga's move. It was no, Heitinga wanting to move to Everton.
0: I don't think so. I think it was the club trying to cash in at the last moment. I think Everton were desperate.
2: Well, um, it's it's partly true. Um, but I also read an interview with Heitinga who openly said that he was quite happy to get out of Madrid because he wasn't always getting paid. There was always a very hectic situation at the club. I think he was glad when he got the possibility to move to the Premier League, which is actually a, a league that suits him a bit better. I think
1: I was I was quite surprised because it took quite a few seasons too to be able to sign Haitinga, and and um, I, I was very confident that Haitinga and Ufalusi would be the the wingers for for quite a long time. And at the end, Haitinga got sold after the first season. But well, moving on, midfielders. I think that this is probably one of the weakest areas Atletico has has um, compared to other seasons where we've we've had quite top notch players. Um, we we do have very talented players, but we we have other players that have have had um, a poor uh, a poor season. Like uh, for example, well, we have Fran Merida on the on the, sc- on the sc- player list, but um, uh, I, I think we we can even count him out. But I'm thinking, will we have Mario Suárez, Juanfran, Arda Turán, Thiago Coque, Asunsao, Gabi, Diego, and maybe we can consider Pizzi as a midfielder, though I would consider him a, a striker. Um, I can see Asunsao leaving the team. I can see Diego leaving the team because um, I, I think they're not going to be able to retain him. Um, and about the rest, I, I, I've seen a very poor season um, for, for Thiago, but... I think he's going to continue his last season uh, on Atletico. Is, his contract term um, ends at the end of the next season, and uh, well, I'm especially worried with the position um, with with Diego's position because if if you have a look at Atletico's um, run uh, ever since Simeon is on the team, um, while uh, Diego wasn't injured, the team did um, pretty well and. Our, the, the worst part of our season was when uh, Diogo got injured. D- Derek? Uh,
2: I absolutely agree. And there are so many doubts regarding our midfield situation. Um, regarding um, Sal. I believe that we won't be forcing him out of the club because he has one year remaining, but we will be probably be open to releasing him as a, as a free agent if he is up to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we could also see players like from Merida, Ruben Perez, they might go as free agents, I believe, because... They're not going to add much to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Atletico B players who can stop if, step up if it's needed. And if there are um, clubs in the in the bottom of the, the first division in Spain, then they're probably allowed to go.
1: You said um, your number one favorite is Borja Valero, to substitute Diego.
2: Um, no, that's actually... I would love to have Borja Valero, but not as a substitute to Diego. I believe that Borja Valero could do a great job in the center of midfield while Diego could play ahead of him and... Um, If I would have to choose, then I would keep Diego, but I believe that they're uh, perfectly compatible, um, and I really do hope that we could uh, possibly get both of them. Mm -hmm. And I think that one more addition that we will be looking for is to sign another offensive midfielder, probably a a winger, um, because especially on the left side, where uh, we currently only have Arda, um, we have been lacking some options, and I believe that Simeone will be looking to bring in Maybe some Argentines or other players that he is familiar with from former clubs, um, or maybe Jorge Castro, we've, we've uh, mentioned before. I think we'll be looking to um, for some more depth in the offensive department. Well, in
1: fact, I mentioned Juan Fran as a midfielder, and of course, he's been playing at a defense all season long. Um, Gary, we've had uh, players who play in, in similar positions um, all season long. Um, Kind of get in the way of one another, like for example, Mario Suarez, Coque, Gabi, and Diego, uh, maybe fighting for one spot and a half on on the pitch. And um, I think what we are maybe um, missing is variety in, in our midfielder in in our midfielders. What's your opinion, Kerry?
0: Well, first of all, I I can't believe that Fran Merida went and collected a medal. I can't believe he went to the celebrations. Uh, I I just can't understand that. I don't know how he was not on Thursday or Friday sitting at home embarrassed. But uh, it was a it was so funny when he did the little run and he was waving his hands in Neptuno and everybody was looking and going like, who's he? <laughs> <laughs> it was he actually
2: uh, ran Gary simply to get get it over with as uh, quickly as possible because he <laughs> knew that he was going to walk it off then. People will start booing but at some point. I think,
1: I think only Pizzi won in there <laughs> in the unexciting applause oh, the from best the crowd.
0: Antonio Lopez, who's number 15? <laughs> <laughs> and Everyone
1: said, OK, who is he?
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. Asusao has to go. I think with Thiago, I think he started very well under Simeone and then he got injured. And then when he came back, we started to see the discipline issue. So it was constant rotation. one time he was playing with Tigabi, another time he was playing with Tia, uh, with Cookie uh, okay. Mario. then there was another time where when he did play really well, it was because he had uh, Diego in front of him, so all of a sudden Diego was gone, and he was forced maybe to be a bit more creative than he is. So I think he's definitely got a future at the club. Arda. I'm not 100% sure after what his agent said on Turkish television, saying that you never know that you take football season to season. But yeah, I, but I, that's
1: that's like when you listen to um, Jose Antonio Reyes, um, and yeah. it's just I, you can't shed all your stars in a single yeah, season.
0: Part of it maybe is down to a new deal or something like that. The thing with Diego is a club need to be smart with Diego because I don't want to. T- I don't think we should be paying 20 million for him even 15 is a little bit too high because he's only got a year left on his contract. And, uh, okay, Wolfsburg have said, yeah, I mean, I think Wolfsburg are just going through the motions, you know, not trying to uh, cut the fee by saying, oh, yeah, we'll welcome him back. We have no problem when him am coming back and everybody would be happy to have him back after what he did. I think that's so just, you think they calling a bluff? I think Wolfsburg are trying to sh- keep his transfer fee high. The minute Magat comes out and says, Listen, uh, we don't want him here. We're going to sell him. You've knocked off about three or four million of his price tag. So they, they, they're being smart and they're trying to say, well, look, we're not going to do that. He only is a year on his deal. Yeah.
2: Let, let's add to that that Maga, um, last summer he actually said that Diego is never going to play for Wolfsburg again. And-
0: yeah, but... Let's look at he simply he can
2: turn around and um, take him back. So I, I would fully agree with Gary. He's just yeah. keeping up appearances right now
0: and trying. Roberto to Mancini to did it twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's Mancini.
1: You, you, just, yeah. you just have to um, have a look at Balotelli's um, <laughs> football career to see that no matter what they say to Balotelli, he'll always come back.
0: <laughs> you no, know, I think I. But I think uh, one thing with uh, Derek is saying uh, Maget Magat. He has more of a character. He's a bit more vocal than Roberto Mancini, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that's uh, going to play into it. But I think it's just him playing the East cards. I think we're going to see a big – I think Coke. it's going to be a very big summer for Coke because I think he's going to sit down with Simeone and say, look, I've done my practices or my practicas, I've done my what, what uh, my internship, I've done it now. Now it's time for me to seriously start playing. And hopefully Simeone will give him that because I think this season he's another player that's played well. He hasn't played fantastic. He's played well, but because he hasn't been given a definite role in the team, he's had to play left, right, here, there, everywhere. I think we he's need. He's just to there, playing. and
1: he's only twenty. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think we need to stop playing idea on the wing because it takes away. I don't think he's he'll do it no problem. He's a great lad for doing it, but I think we need to get him into his proper position uh, up front. And then I think the only real place we've got the left to talk about now is up front and players that are going to stay. And uh, Pizzi, I think, is gone No, We've only P- got him on Pizzi is gone.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty worried about the uh, the strikers because I can only see Salvio um, continuing for sure.
0: Because I I'm, I'm
1: worried about Adrian's cheap price tag and about Falcao and his whole situation. The more he comes out and says... I have four more years of contract. The, the more he starts to sound like uh, Cunawero last winter.
0: No, I've got. I've heard from a couple of sources now that uh, a lot of people that Falcao is leaving the club. And I would be very, 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 very surprised. He's just
1: being very elegant about it, and and that's probably what we, um, should have been demanded from Kunagüero to be elegant about leaving the club. No,
0: I think I've been told a lot of stuff about the Conaguero things that happened behind the scenes, and uh, the people that weren't elegant with Conaguero were the owners.
1: Okay, but you can't you can't spray that on the on the fans.
0: I don't think, I really do think uh Atletico fans need to wake up a little bit and face reality and wake up and smell the coffee, because if Falcao goes this season because he didn't get uh, Champions League football, that says an awful lot about Kun, who stayed for five years. And I think that's something that speaks volumes for the character of Kun, that he stayed with a club that was practically underachieving every year apart from the Europa League but still even in the Europa League we underachieved because we should have got Champions League football that year we've been underachieving for the last I don't know how many years 16 but don't, 17,
1: don't you think when, when, when you talk about players leaving because the, the team underachieves teams underachieve because the players are there They have to take part of the responsibility, don't they? No,
0: because one player can't do everything on his own. If that was the case, all you need to do is sign one player and you can win the league. It's not that case. There wasn't... I mean, you saw Kuhn in a couple of... I think it was last season, the year... One of the first years of the... We got Champions League. It was because of Kuhn pulling the team, dragging the team over the the finishing line, and last season we saw that as well in Mallorca, and of course you just get tired of it. You mean Atletico Madrid have got so many things. I have to say one thing that's very interesting, I think this is the first time, maybe in about six months, where we haven't had he doesn't talk to him in the dressing room, and he's not a friend with him in the dressing room, and Mario doesn't get on with Tiago.
1: So, so do you and... mean we finally sold Jose Antonio Reyes?
0: No, I think <laughs> what is amazing that Simeone seems to have such a tight grasp on that team that they don't, they're terrified to do anything. And I think it's great. I think I, it's really I really great.
1: am terrified hearing you talk uh, well about uh, Cholo Simeone.
0: No, I do, I've never spoken bad about Cholo Simeone. I've always said that <laughs> the thing with Cholo Simeone is that we need to be careful. I'm very worried about Simeone that he might not be here at the end of next season because he does have a habit of leaving his clubs very early and we need to give him time. But another thing is, Madrid... Is the gossip capital of the world, and people they love to tell you stuff and they love to tell you what, what players drink and what bars and what players are, you know, going out with what players' wives and all. And the amazing thing is, since Simeone has been at Atleti, those stories have dried up. There is no stories. There's nobody talking about anybody doing anything or anybody speaking to anybody or going out drinking. And even our Turan stopped getting pictured in casinos <laughs> up, up in the morning.
1: Uh, Derek, before, uh, before we finish, a uh, uh, final look at the at um, uh, the strikers.
2: Um, I, I think I, I agree with Gary that we don't have a lot of strikers to talk about which hasn't been an issue this season um, and the, the futures of Adrian and Focal will remain uncertain the entire summer I'm afraid And um, we've only just finished the league and rumors already appear uh, regarding Focà's future um, and as Gary said I, I personally have a, a good feeling about Adrian and I think he loves playing for Aledi, but there's also a, a, a buyout clause of only 18 million in his contract so he could be lured away quite easily. Um, and then, you, indeed, you only have Salvio um, remaining, who actually, I'm not even convinced about that he's actually happy in Madrid. So there will be a lot of questions regarding Aleti, and um, I don't think that uh, any of those uh, rumors will stop until the, the 1st of September. So we're um, looking at a very long and um, tiresome uh, summer here.
1: Yeah, there there are going to be three uh, milestones uh, during the summer. I think it's going to be after the Champions League up to the Euro start, um, uh, from the Euro to the Olympics, and from the Olympics to the Super Cup. And and there's probably going to be three uh, moments of a lot of uh, transfer rumors and and transfer news. And and well, it's going to be quite a quite a summer, but we'll have the chance to talk before we we finish the season. We. Um, right now, Atlético Madrid is at Colombia. Um, we, we're going to have Martin on the on the show the next time we get together, um, and he'll be talking about uh, the Colombia match, which he will be attending. The first one, the one against uh, Millonarios, and we'll get to wrap up the season with a, a thorough look on Atlético B and on a final roundup of of the season for best player of the season and other other mentions uh gary nice to speak to you as as usual yeah
0: guys all the best uh it's been a long season we got a bit of silver at the end uh, and it's been a pleasure working with uh with everybody this season
1: and we're we're looking forward to uh having you on on the show as, as soon as possible uh derek thank you very much
2: Thank you, guys, and um, as I said, it had been a while to, since we last spoke, but it was great talking to you guys again, and I uh, can't wait for the next episode.
1: Yeah, I, I have to say the same. So this wraps up another
0: episode of Red and White Passion.
1: Remember to send your views by Twitter at this is at Letty, Facebook on Facebook.com slash Letty or by email on info at ThisIsItLeddy.com.
0: If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to
1: the podcast or download it via iVox or iTunes. Thank you for Set
0: well, again. If you would like to advertise on This is Atleti, contact us via email on info at